0: And welcome to the For the Love of Duluth podcast. My name is Tom Jamieson. I moved to Duluth about six years ago, shortly after I bought a business here called Lake Superior Medical Equipment. Prior to that, I was a lawyer in Minneapolis for about 25 years. My co-host is Yvonne Myers. Yvonne is a lifelong resident of Duluth A registered nurse, and not coincidentally, the marketing director for Lake Superior Medical Equipment. So, why did we decide to do a podcast called For the Love of Duluth? It's simple. We love our town and its region, and we want to talk about cool things that are happening here. If you already live in Duluth, we hope this podcast will provide interesting tidbits of information that will add to your appreciation of Duluth. If you are visiting or planning to visit Duluth, we hope our podcast can become a place where visitors can learn more about this town and the cool things that are happening here. Neither Yvonne nor I are celebrities, so the stars of this podcast are clearly not us. The star of this podcast is the city of Duluth and, of course, the guests who join us to talk about their lives and what they are doing in Duluth. This is For the Love of Duluth podcast.
1: There are two types of people in the world, those that love all things scary and those that can't even watch a scary movie after the sun goes down. No matter what type of person you are, you won't be able to stop reading the works of Meg Halfdahl. The horror and suspense author was raised in both Canada and Minnesota, two places that helped make her the success story she is today. The award-nominated author loves all things spooky and has turned that love into a career filled with novels, short stories stories. And even Stephen King. We will hit on that in just a bit. Meg Halfdow became a published author with her first book in 2015. The book, titled Twisted Reveries 13 Tales of the Macabre, was published by Inklings Publishing and featured 13 stories about 13 different women. These women face their fears in several different spooky situations and either become a hero or a villain. This unique plot line shows just how special Meg writing really is. She has added a bunch of titles to her resume since her first book was published just under a decade ago. This long list includes two more popular short story collections, three novels, and five deep dives into the science of popular horror topics like witchcraft, Stephen King, and serial killers. Aside from her work as an author, Meg Halfdahl wears many other horror-related hats. She travels the country meeting fans of her books, runs a Spooky TikTok account and is the co-host of a popular podcast called The Horror Rewind. You know what's not spooky? The famous author has roots in Duluth, having moved here with her family when she was in the sixth grade. She stayed through middle school and high school, attending East High School. She loved it so much that she even went on to college here, attending and graduating from the University of Minnesota, Duluth. She landed in Duluth after traveling all over the United States and Canada with her family for her dad's job in U.S. Customs. They landed in the Northland and the rest is literal history. Now she lives in Rochester with her two sons her husband and a bunch of animals including a frog and a bearded dragon. Despite the distance she still takes time to come back to the place that she once called home. Joining us to talk about her time in Duluth and her journey to becoming a successful author is Meg Halfdahl. Meg, thanks so much for joining us.
2: Thank you, that was (laughs) (laughs) beautiful. Oh my gosh. Thank you. That was like, wow, this is your life. That was really cool.
1: (laughs) You're welcome. Um, Before we dive into your time in Duluth, let's start about talking about your travels across the United States and Canada as a child. What was that like? You know,
2: it was was pretty great. I mean, at the time, maybe I was kind of annoyed when I had to move away from my friends and move Mm -hmm. to a new home. But looking back on it, I think it really did make me who I am. And Mm -hmm. we had a close knit family. So my parents are American. And so moving, I was born in Canada. And then we moved back to America. And then we moved back to Canada. um, Because my dad's job just in order for him to sort of, you know, get ahead in his career, he had to sort of, you know, keep going and and moving to different things within U.S. customs. And so um, when I moved to, I I mostly lived in Vancouver, British Columbia. Mm -hmm. And when I lived there, um, I was very much an American living there, you know, like my parents would let me like take the day off of school on American Thanksgiving and, you know, things like that. So I was kind of known as the, as one, you know, an american But then when I moved to Duluth, I was the Canadian. Um, So it it was kind of an interesting dichotomy and um, it's great. I mean, again, like moving to Duluth, I was like, where am I? What's going on? You know, what's this place? Um, And like I said, I was kind of starting out like, oh, this Canadian girl. But then, you know, everyone here was so welcoming and I,
1: Duluth is now very much my home. So yeah. that's neat. Yeah. So your dad had a job with the U.S. Customs, which eventually led you to Duluth. Yes. What was your first impression of Duluth?
2: Um, well, that it was small because <laughs> I, I lived in Vancouver, which is a huge area. And um, since I was twelve, my first thought was the mall. I was like, if the, if I can, <laughs> if there's a mall and I can <laughs> shop, you know, this was the '90s. Like this is important. So um, I approved Miller Hill. Mall mall and so that was really good and um, I was really happy with Lake Superior because Vancouver is right on the ocean and Mm -hmm. so it felt Mm -hmm. like home to me Mm -hmm. Um, we have some family in Minnesota that's where my parents ultimately chose to come to Minnesota Mm -hmm. of anywhere in the states but they had never been to Duluth either Um, so it was a whole new experience and the winters obviously were it's funny because you'd think in Canada I would like be adjusted to winter but Vancouver doesn't really have much of a winter. So that took some adjusting. I'm still adjusting <laughs> to 20-some, however many years later. So yeah.
0: <laughs> but you moved away from Vancouver when you were 12? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So whereabouts in Vancouver did you
2: Richmond. Okay. Um, so is- it's right... My dad worked at the airport there. So Richmond is basically where the airport is when you come into Vancouver.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. From, from Blaine or wherever in... Uh-huh. Isn't it Blaine, Washington that's right on the border? That's on that's- the board.
2: Yeah. yeah, my dad didn't work the border there, but he worked to the
0: airport there. Oh, right, yeah. right, right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, beautiful, yes. beautiful country on yes. either side of the border there. It's, yes, it's, it's absolutely gorgeous. Vancouver, what a, what a town. I know. So I can imagine it taking some adjustment to come to Duluth because it is much smaller, yes. less cosmopolitan. Yes, yes. You know, Vancouver yes. is a very international city. People from yes. all over the world there, not quite so much in Duluth.
2: Right. But you said <laughs> you found a
0: mall, so you thought...
2: I was like, okay, I think I can do this. I think I think, you know, and obviously that was the hardest move because by middle school you're you're getting right. your friends. And I have a really good friend who I still um every couple of years go and visit in Vancouver and we went to elementary school together. And so I've been able to kinda have that experience too where I got to bring my kids there a couple of years ago and say, This is where I, you know, wow. I was your age and yeah. stuff. So that was very cool. But um speaking of, I think Duluth is my kids' favorite place. So mm-hmm. That has to do with her, my best friend lives here, and her kids live here, and so they love it here. So.
0: Yeah, Duluth's yeah. a fabulous place.
2: <laughs> yes, her it kids, is. You know? Yes. And
0: and, uh, and for grown-ups, too. Yeah, I agree. Grown-ups too. Uh, hence the name of this podcast, For the Love of Duluth. <laughs> so you uh, came here when you were 12. and yes. you, you wound up staying for high school. and then, Yes,
2: I went to UMD.
0: And then you went to UMD. Yep. Mm-hmm. And what did you study at UMD? Literature. Okay. Yep. That makes that sense.
2: That makes some sense. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yep. I was a film studies minor as well. It was right when they were starting um, the film studies minor. And I was like, well, I've got to do that. Right. So, right. yeah. And so I fell in love with my husband. He is from the Iron Range. And we dated in high school. So we went to different high schools. I went to East High School, as you mentioned, and he went to Virginia High School. So, how
0: did you guys meet? You <laughs> well, High
2: um, actually, it's a funny story. So um, it involved well, for the first part involves the mall, actually. Um, <laughs> uh, I saw this cute boy in line at Taco John's. And when I was about, I mean, shortly after I moved here, I was probably about 13, 14. And I went up to him because he had an X-Files shirt on. Oh, and I love that show. And you were an X-Files And fan. I said, oh, I really like your shirt. And he said, thanks. And that was the end of the conversation. <laughs> and then about two years later. Because he's a guy. Because he was a guy and a girl came up to him in right, line right. and he didn't know what to no. do. And about 2 <laughs> years later, my friend Kelly is like, "I think you should meet this guy. His name's Luke and he loves the X-Files as much as we do." And I was like, "Okay." And then I met him. And I think it was the second time I met him. I said, "Wait a minute. Were you standing in line at Taco Johns?" Um <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, that was me." And um and then we love the X-Files so much, we kept talking about it and I I was like, you know, if I ever have a son, I want to name him Fox after Fox Mulder. He's like, me too. <laughs> and then we got married and we named our son Fox after Fox really? Mulder. Yes. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yes. Yes. So anyway, so he was um, went to UWS.
0: He went to UWS? Yes. So you guys were at least close.
2: Yes. To, so uh, he was a year older. So then I was still at East, you know, and then obviously I wanted to stay close. I did like a, I think I took two years off between high school and college because I, I had Convinced myself that I was going to just start my writing career right then. Uh, I thought it would be really easy, and I would just start so writing. You, wanted, and...
0: you already? Oh yeah. Did you al- always know you wanted to be yes. an author? Yeah. So even before you went yeah. to UMD? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you t- but okay. you know,
2: it didn't exactly. It wasn't like it fell into my lap. Well, no. <laughs> so no. I was like, writing rarely uh, does. Right? No, it's hard work. It's, <laughs> yes. it's really hard work. Yeah, it is. And you know,
0: we've we've had a lot of entrepreneurs and 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 things like. that. That who you know started their own businesses. And I think there's a lot of that in in writing. I mean, yes. it's it's you don't put a lot of work in it, you put your life into this yeah. thing. You have no idea if it's gonna be received well or you know, you're what kind of criticism it's gonna right. get. Is it gonna get published? All this stuff. Right. It, it, it takes a lot of courage, I think, to, oh, well, to actually decide you're gonna yes. be a writer. Yeah. And that you're gonna not just be a writer, like be a reporter or something like mm-hmm. that, but you're actually going to create your own stories. That takes so much fun.
2: <laughs> Well, thanks. Yeah, I, you know, and I think when I was like 18 and I just graduated high school, I, I wasn't ready for that. I think I had the creative energy, but I didn't have the entrepreneurial spirit that you kind of have to have as well, yeah. which is like to sort of like be an advocate for myself. Mm-hmm. And so going to college, I think was very helpful. And just studying literature is helpful for many reasons, um, but especially as a writer. And then um, I had kids. And mm-hmm. so that kind of took uh, my attention away, as well yeah. as my husband. We then moved to the cities um, because he went to medical school. And oh, okay. now we live in Rochester because he's a physician at Mayo's. So so, I've heard of yeah, you heard. <laughs> yeah, everybody comes down to Rochester yeah, when they're not that's feeling right, well. That's, right, that's, <laughs> um, right.
0: that's a very prestigious. yes, so yes, yes. Yeah.
2: yeah. So that's so, great so great we were very focused place. on on his career. And mm-hmm. so it wasn't until my my second son was kind of getting to that preschool age, I was like, you know, I'm gonna give it another shot. And I did.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah. So when did you graduate UMD? I actually didn't graduate. Okay. When
2: did, <laughs> when, when did I go? had a baby and left. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha um two, uh, thousand seven is when I left two thousand. So I graduated high school two thousand two and then started college two thousand four. Okay, yeah, I went three years. So and yeah, had mm-hmm. a baby.
0: Then had a baby, baby and yeah, yeah. Yep, now find yourself yep. in Rochester. Yes,
2: and, yes. And then
0: you and so you, your kids are are not grown up by any means, but they're probably out of diapers. Yes, point. You're yes. like okay, I
2: could at actually start sometime. thinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Did you already know sort of the genre that? You you wanted to write in
2: no it's funny because i absolutely loved horror i've loved horror since forever but i was convinced that i was a literary writer um and i had studied you know the greats in college and high school i read them i loved them um and so these two aspects of my life were kind of like not together and it wasn't until I put them together that I that I found success. I was like, I'm going to write the next great American novel. That was my what I thought was my dream. But then I realized that everything that I wanted was I was able to put those two things together. You can write horror in in a literary, emotional sure. um, way. And so by doing that, that's what really I kind of un- unlocked my success.
0: So you hadn't really thought about writing in the horror genre until you started deciding that what you wanted to do was was write and become an author.
2: And, yeah, you know, it wasn't it, until I was older and I'd sort of gone a little further through life and was like, okay, I'm going to give this another shot. Like I, I'm now Dexter, my my second son is in, you know, preschool. I have two hours a day, you know, to, to think about my own named, stuff.
0: Was he named yes. after the television?
2: Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> we like to be consistent yes, in our house. Right. Yes.
0: Okay. Wow, that's a-
2: <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um and so I wrote a short story. I actually wrote a short story um for a Jane Austen short story competition.
0: Oh really? My um, my mom is like the she
2: does she love Gina Austen. Austin. Oh, that's oh, awesome. Well, I wrote it based on um Northanger Abbey, which is not one of her more famous books, but it's kind of her darkest book. And and I got shortlisted for that. I didn't win, but but that gave me a lot of confidence. And so then I wrote a short story that was a horror short story. And that and then that's how everything started to really So was that
0: yeah. in, it, it was that short story? Did that wind up being one of the short stories in,
2: in it Twisted It Reveries? is in Twisted Reveries. It actually First was published in an anthology uh, with other authors. Uh, that was just my one story and one in a book of uh, you know a bunch of different authors. Um, but basically, what ended up happening was the publisher was down in Houston, and they invited me to come down to celebrate. This was my first published short story, and they right. said, you know, come down. And at that time, you know, my husband's in uh, medical school. I don't have a lot of money, and I was like, wow, I don't know I'm going to Houston for this. But and and you know, I'm I'm a writer. I'm an introvert, so I'm like, I don't know if I want to
0: go. And you know, you don't seem like an introvert. Just oh, That, that was that.
2: Yes, that's right. um, but anyway so I, I decided okay I'm gonna kind of force myself to go down there and like you know really take this seriously so I went and it and I say it's one of the best decisions I ever made in my life because before then I'd had opportunities like in college I had professors come to me and say like you're really good like you should do this or that and I was so unsure of myself and so young I didn't listen to them and you just want to like kick yourself you know so this was my opportunity to sort of write that wrong and I was like I'm gonna go down there and meet some publishers and talk to people and it ended up being that I forged this connection with um, the CEO of Inklings Publishing and she was like I want you to go home and write another story for an anthology I have and so I wrote a story called The Pit and she loved it she put it in that anthology and then she came to me and this is very rare she came to me and said I want you to write a book now and that doesn't really happen and so it was this amazing it was this amazing experience and to this day you know she's very much a mentor for me and and still publishing a lot of what i do so by kind of letting myself get out there and meet some people because that's you know a lot of times as a writer you'd like to think like you can just stay home and write in your pajamas um and that is nice and that's one of my favorite parts of it but it also involves meeting people and making those connections
0: and writing which well, yeah, for some of us is not always a labor of love, right? <laughs> but but uh if you love it, I guess it is a labor of love, right? And you must you must yeah. you must really enjoy it. I'm sure, like every writer, you get writer's block sure. and that kind of stuff. But maybe it doesn't last for years, like with me. So you know, it's moments and pass, yeah, you can write again.
2: You know, I I've, I've said this before, but I just decided that writer's block does not exist. That's that's
0: that's, that's,
2: that's really what good. I've decided because if I like like, mentally let myself go there, then I'll start psyching myself out and being like, oh my God, I, I'm going to get writer's block. So I've just right. decided it's not a thing, um, even though I, I know it is, but I sort of like to tell myself, yeah, knock on wood, I like to tell myself that it's just like not possible for me to get
0: writer's block. See, that's really good. Yeah, I should have had, this. in another <laughs> life,
2: I was a lawyer,
0: and so that was a, most of my writing was legal writing, uh, and it's, it's, uh, it's not, I don't think it's as much fun. Is, is the kind of no,
2: that that's fair. I would probably get writer's block about that. Well, and there's the <laughs> deadlines,
0: you know, you can't, you're the, you're the clock's ticking, and yeah, the brief is due, and yeah, you're still, you know,
2: yeah,
0: on argument one of six that you've got that's to write you know?
2: a lot of so, pressure, yeah.
0: But I'm not doing that anymore, so
2: okay. Well, writer's you. block is not
0: that, that big a deal now. Uh, no one gets mad at me, clients don't yell at me. Oh, it's,
2: that's it's, that's yeah. much better.
0: It, it, it is, it is better. <laughs> so you are are now, uh, you know, you're now living the dream because you've actually got a publisher who's Mm -hmm. behind you and is Mm -hmm. willing to pay you to Mm -hmm. to write. And you've also figured out what your genre is going to be. Right. Right. And so you, you were obviously a big horror enthusiast Mm -hmm. growing up. So who were some of your favorite authors to read before you ever started writing in that genre?
2: Well, I mean, like most kids, I started out with like, like Matilda, I think is very much, it doesn't strike you as horror but it was very much these sort of like elements that felt horror esque to me. Um, obviously I read all the Goosebumps and all that stuff when I was a kid and then when I was 13 I read Carrie by Stephen King right, so obviously right. um, he
0: was a huge That seems to huge, be one that a lot of people yeah. I know and I'm, I'm not a big horror f- fan. I, I like it when I see a good horror movie. Mm-hmm. I haven't read a ton of it read some sure. Stephen King but it's not yeah. the kind of stuff that I usually read but if I was going to get into it, um, I'd probably start with you because Great. I see you not only as an author, but you are—you're kind of an expert on the whole sure. horror genre. Are
2: you, you're not going to quiz me right now, are you? I'm not oh, okay. Quiz you on
0: I couldn't quiz you.
2: I, <laughs> I would point. have no good idea. What I'm going to quiz you. Yeah, yeah,
0: no, this will be a very short podcast to me If you ask me, well, why don't you tell me what you know about yeah. the horror genre? Yeah. But, but but I do know that a lot of people and. I'm absolutely love horror. Right. And uh, my brother was a huge Stephen King fan. As I said, I've read some of Stephen King. I know I've read Frankenstein. I think that was back in high school. And uh, I think I might have even had to write a book report. I mean, that was way before <laughs> computers and stuff like that. In fact, I think they had just recently developed paper, I think.
2: Oh, and, and wow. Yeah, you didn't so, have yeah. to etch it into yeah, stone. it was.
0: I think that because as I remember, the paper was, it was a Essentially, just flattened pulp, and you would write and you'd break <laughs> your pencil, at hitting oh. a piece of pulp in it. So, I think it was just yeah, you know, sure.
2: P- yeah, paper's
0: much better now than it was when I back when For I was sure. in high school, and now you've got computers. I, I
2: mean, know, that's right? Easy.
0: That's really easy. That makes writing a breeze. But, uh, anyway, Mary Shelley that was sort of the first horror story, yeah. was, uh, Written by a woman,
2: yes, exactly. So, oh, yeah, I could go on and on and on well, about I, that. I, I, <laughs> I, I
0: want to get into, I want to get into that, yeah, obviously, that's kind of a focus of a Mm -hmm. lot of of what you write it's not only women characters Mm -hmm. uh, and both villains and heroines Mm -hmm. but also you talk a lot about women authors Mm -hmm. and women you know movies movie stars and movie actors mm-hmm. who were playing these roles and it's clearly a focus of yours is yeah. interest in women and horror.
2: Yeah, I um, well, first of all, you know, when I was growing up I didn't have anybody else that loved horror as much as I did and if anybody was interested in horror they were usually boys or men at least outwardly. So I think there was that sort of feeling of being a different sort of feeling and then once I started sort of really reading a lot of horror literature, especially the older stuff. I came to understand that horror is uniquely feminine. And I think that surprises people because when when you say horror, a lot of times people think 80s slasher. That's like right. the first thing that comes to people's mind. They think um, Jason with the mask. And there's nothing wrong with that. I love slashers. But I think that horror was used like in, in Mary Shelley's book and uh, around her time, uh, certainly later in the 19th century, horror was was used to show the horror of a female life, but used it they would use, you know, the the ghosts and the all that stuff as sort of metaphor. The yellow wallpaper is a really great example of using horror to talk about um that's a, a story that is about postpartum depression, which wasn't talked about then, but it's 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 a way it was a way for women to talk about things they weren't allowed to talk about. And that is something that I like to explore. I love to explore, you know, and um, feminism and all those things. And horror has a way of talking about these things. Like, for instance, Jordan Peele. um, He's done some recent horror films and he's coming at it from um, a race standpoint. um, Get Out and Us and all those things. And he's able to say these things in these amazing films. And I think that horror has so much to say and it's still fun. Like, I love the fun stuff. I love horror comedies. I love slashers, like I said. But there's also so that literary element that I love too. And I think women in particular just have a certain finesse with horror. Um, Shirley Jackson is my absolute all-time favorite. And she has a way of connecting the, the life of a woman to what we consider horror in a way that is just absolutely magical. And so forever, that will be my interest, yes.
0: And that's so interesting. So when did you sort of discover this, that horror and women, there was such a strong connection?
2: Well, I think certainly reading, you know, I I read Frankenstein in um, uh, high school as well. And then when I got to college and I started studying, I th- well, then I wrote a whole college paper about the rejection of the female in Frankenstein. And that kind of got my mind going. Some great professors kind of leading me a little bit and giving me some tips. And then I, when I wrote my first horror story, I didn't center it around anything like um, extreme as far as, I wanted to just write a, Fun horror story, but right. I ended up telling a story about this woman who's like has this guy in her life that she's kind of trying to like deflect, and that's not the big part of the story, but it is a, a, a part of the story, and so I was able to sort of add that in, sort of subconsciously, I guess.
0: That she was trying to push. The she's trying away. to push
2: this guy away. There's a whole monster involved, but but that that it felt like the heart of the story was about how she's dealing with living in this small town and how the ideals in this small town are made,
0: yep. you know. Now which which story is this? It's is called this? Willoughby. Okay. So yeah. I wanna and I want to get to Willoughby. We are going to need to take a break okay. soon. And okay. then we're gonna take a break and then we're gonna um, hear from our sponsor, like superior medical equipment. So why don't we go ahead and we'll take a break now and okay. come back. I won't I wanna talk about
1: Willoughby. Sounds good. Willoughby. You know what is hard to find these days? Good customer service. These last couple of years have been rough for customer service, no matter the industry. At Lake Superior Medical Equipment, we have kept the focus on good customer service because we value your business. We have real people who answer the phones and real people who answer your questions. No automated messages here. Our customer service is second to none. It always has been and it always will be. The team at Lake Superior Medical Equipment loves serving the Northland's home medical medical equipment needs, no matter what those may be. We provide unparalleled support to our community's health care professionals and enhance our customers' independence and quality of life. It all begins with our customer service. Are you in need of medical equipment or have a question? Lake Superior Medical Equipment can help. Reach out to our friendly staff members and we will take care of the rest. Get contact information at lsmedequip.com and don't forget to like us on Facebook at Lake Superior Medical Equipment and follow us on Instagram at Lake Superior Medical Equipment.
0: We are back with Meg Hofdahl. And uh, Meg is a uh, author and uh, horror enthusiast and also an author in that same genre. And uh, we were just starting to get to her uh, stories that are based in a fictional small Minnesota town called Willoughby. So Meg, how did that come about?
2: (laughs) Well, a couple different things. So, I did not, like we discussed, I did not grow up in Minnesota initially, but my dad's family was from Minnesota, and we would visit this little town in Western Minnesota called Ashby, Minnesota. I don't know if you've ever heard I of it. Don't think
0: I, I, tiny, heard, I don't teeny. think I've been there. It's
2: tiny, teeny. Been there. And being that I lived in Vancouver at the time, or before that, I had lived in other cities, um, San Diego, etc. I couldn't even believe that this town existed because it was like something out of, like Mayberry like it was you know it was like I didn't know things like that were I had only read about little cute towns like this before and um, so my, my great aunt and uncle lived there they owned the little um, cafe there and so to me it was magical because you know just as a kid from there might think a big city is to me I thought that was just so cute but I also I'm very much interested in this sort of rural gothic idea which is um, that's something Shirley Jackson gets into a lot and it was something that I learned a lot about in college and you know Salem's Lot is a great example of rural gothic Um these small towns they just seem to have like they seem so perfect that there right. has to be kind of that that weird underbelly going on like it just right. feels right. Like, like something right something like it just, just, just yeah. feels Everything like there has great. to be yeah. yeah yeah so um that coupled with I'm a huge Twilight Zone fan
0: oh yeah
2: and um, the original that, the, yes original the original I mean I love the yeah. new one but, but the original oh. um, and there's actually uh, an episode in their last stop at Willoughby. And oh, really. So I stole the name. <laughs> and it's about a, a tiny uh, little town that seemed, that's perfect. So
0: who was in that Twilight Oh
2: How I don't th- none of the actors the, uh, that I, I can think I mean it wasn't it wasn't um William Shatner William or William
0: Shatner, so there's so no. many of them. Uh, yeah
2: there's yeah, so yeah.
0: Many. Robert Redford I mean, yes, there's so I know. many that, that show know. up in those
2: very yeah a lot. So but anyway no nobody I can that I can say but um anyway so so when I sat down to write the story, which I thought was just going to be one short story. I named it Willoughby. I stole the name from Twilight Zone. <laughs> and But in my mind, it was Ashby. And actually, um, a lot of aspects of the town are Ashby, Minnesota. So, I describe later when I write a whole novel series <laughs> that takes place in Willoughby, I describe the cafe. And that's the exact way it looked when my great aunt and uncle owned it, etc.
0: So, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, it is a real... Uh, Willoughby it is, is not a real town, but it's no. based on... No or uh, memories of that right. town.
2: Right, yeah. Kind mm-hmm. of form the exactly. foundation
0: of uh, yeah. how you describe Willoughby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really yeah. cool. So you wrote your first story about Willoughby mm-hmm. and then there's now two more.
2: Right, so, so I wrote the story uh, Willoughby and then that was published um, in an anthology, as I said, and then it was published in my first um, book, uh, republished in, in my first book. And when I wrote that book, I was writing 13 short stories that all take place, just different places. But I I ended up writing another story in that book that took place in Willoughby. I don't know. I just felt drawn to it. So I wrote a story called Moira Kettlesberg that takes place. She's the town Librarian. And and then things just kind of started from there. And then and then Inklings was like, what about a novel? And they they hadn't pitched an idea, but they wanted me to write a horror novel. And I was very intimidated, obviously, by the idea. I had never written a novel before, but I just kept being pulled into, into Willoughby. And so I ended up writing a, a three- part three novel series that all takes place in Willoughby um, which is horror mystery a little bit of romance a little bit of fantasy and then I also wrote my second short story collection is it's called Tales from Willoughby and all those stories take place in the town of Willoughby so I'm basically creating this universe I like to say it I mean I'm very much influenced by like you know Derry or Castle Rock you know Stephen King's towns I love this idea of this this town having this history and you know reading a story and recognizing somebody from an Another story right, and things like right.
0: that. Yeah. Okay. So if someone wanted to if someone wanted to start reading yeah. you, what, what would be the good first book to read or first uh, series of
2: uh, yeah. stories? I would say I would give them two options. I would say either read my first novel, Her Dark Inheritance, if if you're a novel person. And if you kind of want to jump in with short stories, then I would say my my first short story series uh, Tales from the Macabre. And was her
0: dark one. inheritance? Is that a Willoughby? Yep. Base story? Okay. Yep.
2: So that is about a woman who just lost her mother and she finds out her mother is not who she said she was and was actually using a fake name this woman's whole life. And so she goes to her mom's hometown of Willoughby to find out, well, to find out if her mom um, killed her own parents and twin brother with an ax. And then there's a monster involved and
0: lots of other stuff. All right. Yeah. We don't don't need any spoilers, but that just sounds bad. Fascinating. So that sounds like a great one to sort of, yeah. Try, especially if one wants to get immediately sort of immersed in the whole Willoughby idea.
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah. And then it's fun to go back and and read the short stories. I think. So yeah.
0: All right. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put that on my to-do list. I it was All right. kind of on my to-do list before this podcast, but like so many things <laughs> on my to-do list, it never got done.
2: All right. So, well. So
0: it just sits there, and, and there it is. I haven't crossed it off yet, but
2: okay, I am planning great. on doing
0: that. But I think it's fascinating fascinating that you've got this small town in Minnesota, obviously everyone's used to having a small town Minnesota in, in the Garrison Keeler right. books of uh, uh, Lake Wobegon. Well and so I think small towns, they're quaint, but they mm-hmm. always, to me, they've always seemed a little spooky in that it's there's just something going on beneath the surface right there.
2: well it's kind of and insular maybe it's,
0: and, and i don't know if that's because of all the stories i've heard or, <laughs> or movies yeah. i've seen where that happens or if there really is something kind of spooky about
2: you know it. i've had that experience where like if you've ever stopped in a small town for lunch at their local place and everybody's like staring at right. you it kind of feels like and so it can feel kind of like they have this own little community where they have their own um rules like I've brought up Shirley Jackson, but I, most of us know the lottery story, right? you know, yeah. with the, the rock throwing yeah. and everything like that. Like, it seems like within a small community, you can have these sort of set of rules. Obviously, right. that is fantasy. That's not
0: happening. Now, that wasn't but... that wasn't Shirley Jackson. Yeah. Was... Oh, that is. Okay. Yes. So, I've read some Shirley
2: there Jackson. There you go. I read the lottery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's uh, mm-hmm.
0: that's kind of a scary uh, yeah. story. Yeah. It so... kind of reminded me, like when I saw Hunger Games, it kind of reminded yeah. me of the like, yes. they got this from the lottery,
2: yeah. It is, right? it's very, yeah, it is kind of like that. It's about, like, you know, what what you're willing to do and like what, what a society can right. deem as appropriate and stuff like that, which I think is interesting. Right. And I think that makes small towns kind of interesting yeah. and, and spooky and scary, yeah. yeah, which is what I like to pull the thread on. You know, some people want to right. see the romance in that, and I think that's great, but I like writing about scary stuff, <laughs>
0: right? So, and when was your last Willoughby based book? When did
2: um, that come so out? that was. Was um, the darkest hunger, and that came out in two thousand nineteen. Twenty.
0: says 2020.
2: Uh, 2020, yeah. It you know, uh, 2020 was a blur. It. Yes, yeah, it was. Yeah.
0: Well, I want to get uh, I want to get to some of your collaborations yeah. too, as well. Mm-hmm. Especially since we have a, in the room uh, your your co-author <laughs> on many of those, a woman named Kelly Florence. Now, Kelly yes. is not mic'd up, so we no. can't hear from Kelly. But how did that whole collaboration? Happen?
2: Well, we met because of an X file shirt, just like I met. My husband, <laughs> many years ago, really? yes, 22 years ago. See, she's here to like fact oh, wow. check okay. over here because she's she's the organized one in our deal. And um, yes, 22 years ago. And um, we met here in Duluth. And um, So
0: was that like high school?
2: Yes, I was in high school. Yep, okay. mm-hmm, and we both love the X-Files. And then we kept talking about it. We both loved horror. And she was the first woman that I met. You know, this is before Facebook. This is before social media. So like, it wasn't like you could just go on and be like, who likes this movie? And, you know, um, so this was my first experience with somebody who loves horror movies as much as I do. And I, I had, I just felt this kinship with her. And so we actually wrote some plays together. Um, first, that was our first collaboration. Um, she was working for high school and she was, re- and she was the, the theater, uh, head of theater. And so I kind of hopped on and, and said, can I help? And so she let me. And so we, we wrote some plays together. Um, which okay. was really fun And then She went and had Her success With being a professor And, and she had her kids And I had my kids And then We Kind of came together To do this podcast First Called Horror Rewind Where it was basically Like us just talking About horror movies And everything we love About really? horror And then that Got us um, Into writing The uh, Science Of series Which Our fifth book's Coming out in September And this, this is all Horror um, Stuff And so we do it together Which has been Such a neat experience to do with your best friend
0: well that is that's really amazing and again i i'm just a little embarrassed to say i haven't read any of your collaborations that's so okay I listened to some of your podcasts and I, <laughs> it scared the heck out of me that i was having people who actually have their own podcast
2: on this <laughs> because
0: they're gonna say well you guys are just amateurs what no are you doing? no we just so I,
2: no we go on. i mean kelly she's the technical person she does all the editing and, and technical stuff i don't know anything about that so she does all the work i i I always say I show up and, and I laugh at my own jokes and then I leave and then she does all the hard well, work well that's
0: all I do yeah so that, that must be, it sounds like I'm doing it
2: right yeah so so, so I want to this
0: is this is a couple of weird little tidbits here but so this X-Files thing yeah this love of the X-Files and you, mm-hmm. you turn into authors so yeah. my sister yeah. my little sister loved the X-Files Call X-Files and Buffy the Vampire yep. Loved loved those two Yeah. and she's an author oh and so she now most of it is all academic. Right, she's sure. a professor, comparative lit, and all that. Oh, cool! But she's also written. She also is part of that. Got into sort of the fan fiction and oh yeah. has written stories of, or not stories, I should say, um, books about fan fiction. Fan oh, fiction cool! Phenomenon, which is, is oh, that's is, really kind interesting. But anyway, so I don't know. It must be kind of a Buffy the or a, I mean, yeah. a, a X Files type. Yeah. Of, Thing you're, you you like that you're probably destined. You're to be a writer, I think.
2: And you know, there's yeah. some X Files fan fiction
0: with my name on it out there
2: somewhere. Oh, really? So, yeah. Oh, that's
0: pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Well, my, yeah. my little sister might have uh, might have read it because she she loves the X Files and and cool and Buffy. So let's talk a little bit about your collaborations. Yeah. As far as I can tell, they're not they're not necessarily works of fiction themselves. No. There's more. It's the science of Stephen King, mm-hmm. science of women in uh, in. Horror, Science of uh, Monsters, Science of ser- Serial Killers. Yep. Is that the one that...
2: That's the latest. And then mm-hmm. we have our next one coming out in September. Science
0: of Witchcraft? Yeah. Okay, pretty good cool. Good job.
2: Cool. You, yeah, you've yeah, yeah. done yeah. your homework, well, sir. Well,
0: oh, yes, a little bit. Well, if I really did my homework, I would have read
2: that's some of this okay. Stuff, so That's this okay. this is bad. This is bad. But, you
0: know, maybe some of our listeners yeah. have read stuff either. And so... Mm-hmm. so exactly. This is a good way for everyone to sort, yes. of, to sort of learn together. Why don't we talk a little bit about some of your some of your collaboration so let's talk mm-hmm. about science of Stephen king okay obviously are you both huge yeah. Stephen king fans
2: and that was kelly's idea we were coming up with yeah she's showing we oh, have matching wow. okay. we have matching shining tattoos so, oh yeah. wow oh, um my. but yes we we're huge huge Stephen king fans and Ke- and we were kind of like coming up with our next idea. Like, what's our next one? And Kelly said it. And it was like one of those things that's so obvious that like we hadn't thought about it before, but it was like, oh, my God. Yeah. So that was a really cool experience to write that book. We wanted to get into his biography because we find that interesting. And we wanted to get into we had already written about some of um, the books and films um, in our previous books, um, but we really wanted to focus on the books in this particular book. Um, We most of our books, we talk about the film but this particular one we we focused in on the books but we got to we didn't get to interview the man himself but we did get to interview um, Richard Chismar who wrote um, two books with him and is oh, a really good friend of his I wanted to know like how do you collaborate with Stephen King because that sounds right, very right, intimidating right, right. and so that was that was really so interesting what did say like, you know, how did it happen with him you know well I mean they again they were they're really good friends and so it kind of came out of a friendship okay. Um, but the, he, they kind of did it differently than how um Kelly and I do it you know he said well I'll write something and then I send it to him and, and then he literally just continues the paragraph and then I continue and oh. then it, you know and that's different than, than how Kelly and I write it uh, obviously it's fiction and nonfiction as well um, so it's different and he of course admits yeah even though he's really good he's pretty much one of his best friends and everything he's like yeah of course I'm intimidated to write with him but I you know it happens and he did it and then he did it again so um, you know it was it was a really cool interview and then we've gotten to talk to him after as well so it, that's been a great great experience and so that's something we do with all our books is we interview a lot of people which is a right. really neat fun experience
0: so and is am i right did i read this somewhere that stephen king really did not like the movie the Shining?
2: yes you're right which yeah is, he did uh, not like it what no. didn't
0: he like about it
2: it's quite different than the book yeah um i think the heart of the book is alcoholism and um, a father and son, and there's like a lot of um, emotional stuff that was particularly um, personal to him. And Stanley Kubrick, not that those things aren't in there, but I think Stanley Kubrick right. just had a different eye of what was going to be a, an effective movie. And I love both; I love the book yeah. and the movie. Um, but you know, I understand why Stephen King doesn't like it. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I'm yeah, sure
0: it's hard. I'm sure it's hard mm-hmm. when you when you write the book and then the movie yeah. comes and it's nothing like the book or then nothing like you pictured a movie about your book. Yes. NBA. Well,
2: hopefully when I come back I'll tell you. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, hopefully be, I have that, that problem. Be really cool. Yeah. That would be really
0: cool. And you know, speaking about movies, I was listening to one of your podcasts and sorry we're jumping all over no. but you guys uh, you're really interesting and I'm sure um, Kelly is very interesting as well if we could only have her mic'd up. Maybe, maybe
2: <laughs> Next po- time maybe she'll come on another
0: podcast. Yeah. We did not. Know she
2: wants to she come when coming. I'm not
0: here so she can talk bad about. Me, you okay. know, I'm just
2: kidding. Okay. <laughs>
0: all right, all right. I know you're kind of handcuffed, aren't
2: you? Uh, yeah, be for you to yeah. I can't, really I can't. But she's gonna here, come
0: so. when I'm out of town. Yeah. So anyway, I was listening to one of your podcasts, and you guys had just seen a viewing of Close Encounters. Yeah. Which, uh, which I I loved it, and I saw it when it when it came out. But you guys had just seen it, I and I had remember.
2: never seen you had never it. You would never seen it,
0: which is kind of an amazing yeah thing. But you both liked the movie. Yeah. And it, it was kind of uh, near and dear to my heart because my dad he was a mathematician, but he was an amateur ufologist, oh, UFO guy, and so cool. he knew Alan Hynek, who was the actual sort of expert consultant that oh, they wow. used on the, on the film, and he had actually written a book called Close Encounters, oh. and he, where he had done all these case studies of people who had experienced sure. or thought, at least, that they had yeah. experienced a close encounter with an alien. And he had these different levels of that encounter, mm-hmm. and close encounters of a third kind was one of those levels that in his book. So he was a consultant on that. Anyway, it's kind of an interesting thing. I never met Alan Heine, but my dad had had met him a few times. And a few times, I think they collaborated on some stuff. But anyway, um, it was just kind of interesting. And uh, it was kind of a fascinating movie. And he realized just how busy Steven Spielberg was through this year because he, you know, he had Jaws, Close Encounters, T Poltergeist. I mean, just boom, 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 Mm -hmm. boom. Anyway, so now, um, so we've got uh, the collaboration we, we talked about the science of, of Stephen King, yeah. And so let's talk about science of women and horror. Sure. And so I did listen to a little bit because you have something on Audible, I think.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And so um, and that meant I didn't have to read something.
2: Yeah. I didn't just
0: listen to it. <laughs> but so anyway, I found that I found that really interesting. We're not hearing your voices on that. I wish no. We were hearing your voices on that.
2: No, they didn't ask us to do that. No. We, no. Which
0: is great. Well, I've, I've, you've got a great voice. For oh doing well, this thanks. Kind of stuff. It's, yeah. It's, it's a great radio.
2: Podcast. I'll tell them you said that. And yeah, I want, no, yeah. yeah, I want to ra- read my own
0: books. Yeah.
2: Maybe well, it's you... the Minnesota accent that they don't
0: want See, to hear. See, I don't even think you have a Minnesota <laughs> accent. Well, you know. I, I
2: don't, don't know. know.
0: Well, you, you weren't living here until you were 12 well, years old. Well, then it's just so Canadian. Might... So yeah. that's even worse. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't think they really have much of an accent out in Vancouver. They, the Canadians don't even use, I mean, you can hear some of the A's and stuff like that in Vancouver, but it's not. No, it's like, not you know, like. Different. Yeah. Yeah. But so
2: Yeah, Science of Women and Horror. Um we were nominated for a Bram Stoker Award for that. So that's like our, our little baby. And we call it our Feminist Manifesto because we got to really say everything we wanted to say in that book. We really we went as far as we could and we we learned a lot about feminist theory we got a lot of um we got a lot of research from the Gina Davis um institute which is fascinating i've
0: heard about the gina davis institute because she's yeah. done so much not just i mean i know a lot of it is focused on the entertainment industry mm-hmm. um and trying to create more equality mm-hmm. uh, not only just pay equality but also just in terms of being in positions of power in that industry where is the Gina Davis Institute is it out in California or is Um, it it more just online
2: well I mean yeah I mean it's definitely it's a it's sort of a um, bunch of people a lot of scientists um, a lot of them are doing research on like we use research in our book where they literally go through like sort of a typical slasher movie let's say and they go through and they see you know how many men versus women are killed how much time is spent showing a man dying how much time is showing a woman dying those kind of those kind of statistics so we can kind of learn and understand using numbers like how things are on the screen and how that affects Um, for instance something that might be surprising is that horror has um, women with speaking roles in it more than most I I think romantic comedy is only one that might be first or second to that but women don't speak as much in action movies fantasy movies science fiction movies drama movies they speak more have more speaking roles in horror movies and all of those movies and so you learn interesting things like that and you know you wonder why a woman might be drawn to horror film well well, they actually right, get yeah. to be. They actually get to slay the monster a lot in horror right, films. Right. When in action movies and sci-fi movies and things, they don't. So, um, and I'm speaking
0: generally, of course.
2: But anyway, so there was a lot of interesting research in that book, and we got to talk to some really cool people.
0: Yeah, you talked to actresses mm-hmm. and, and yep. authors. I, I just mm-hmm. it seemed like you were, you had a, you would have had a great time doing the research. For we
2: the did. Book. I mean, we love researching all our books. But like, for instance, we just did Science of Serial Killers, and that can get <laughs> <laughs> that can yeah. get really dark, and you have to kind of like pick and choose things, and because it was really important to Kelly and I that we didn't want it to seem like we um, put serial killers on pet on a pedestal, right? You know, it's, it's really it's important. It's, so um,
0: so much of yeah. that, and, and I've watched a lot of that stuff on Netflix, and it, it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. But it's so hard because you know this stuff actually happened, right? Right, as opposed to reading a Stephen King novel, or something right? Like right. That. Yeah, and uh, it, and it's it, it's hard because you get get sucked into this mm-hmm. truly interesting and just oh,
2: it's, it's fascinating they, right yeah and
0: then also how they solved the crime
2: right it's all fascinating yeah. but we just want to make sure we were like victim focused and also I mean that's good. Th- that's listen good. Uh, there's to me there's nothing more interesting than a serial killer right. but it's about knowing that not comparing them to Pennywise or Jason which those are fun those are fun right. to like those are monsters and they're fun right. and that's okay to be like oh my god I love Jason, I love when he splashed up that guy. That was so fun. But there's right. that there's a difference. And so since Kelly and I were used to writing about horror films in that kind of way, right. we had to kind of you know. So the research and the way we wrote this one, we had to be a little more tender and a, a little um, more careful. Right. So so then we just now finished witchcraft, and that was kind of a fun. Palette cleanser, and um, we got to talk about witches. But again, there's a really dark history about that too. Sure. So you know, you yeah. it, it's always a balancing act. Because
0: there are but... a lot of women who were killed,
2: right? Exactly
0: because they were supposed witches,
2: right? Exactly. So and
0: that's fascinating I want to read. I want to read those. I want to read. <laughs>
2: okay. I want to, I want to read. Your <laughs> I should have come novels. with a big pile for you. Well, I didn't no, bring any books. Make me, no, make me buy it. <laughs> okay. Make, yeah. Make me buy it. I, I...
0: Hey, by the way, are your books carried anywhere locally?
2: here our science of books are at Barnes and Noble. They are um okay. my fiction books uh I don't think are anywhere in Duluth. Oh there are they are at Zenith. They see, are see this Zenith. is why this all is, right, is why, Zenith. Zenith thank you Zenith yeah, I love okay. you. Good good good, um, good. yes right. so yeah this I is why Zenith I have to too. have Kelly with Zenith. me. Zenith yes is <laughs> yes Zenith is fabulous. Um yeah so they should have some of my fiction books there. So right. yes but uh, otherwise you know Amazon
0: of course has all of them. We are running out of time Okay. So first of all, I want to thank you for being here. And I do because this podcast is all about Duluth and uh, you've got your Duluth roots here in Duluth. Uh, First of all, how often do you get back up to Duluth?
2: Oh, quite a bit. Usually, if not once a month, once every other oh, month or a lot. so. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what do you like to do in Duluth?
2: Oh, my gosh. Well, we don't have a lake in Rochester. So, I really like just being near the lake. And my new favorite restaurant is the Boathouse because oh, yeah. I love popovers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. They've got great <laughs> and ones. they have They're the best view. Yeah. They have a great view. And, and I could just sit there and eat a whole basket of popovers. Well, they probably. <laughs> their their food you. is good otherwise, yes, but I yes. just really like those. And, um, Oh, my gosh. I love um, Zenith. Um, bookstore, but also um, the Fickers bookshop. I love oh, them. Yeah. I yes. spend way too much money yes. there. They need yes. to
0: start carrying your books. They
2: yes. do not have your books. Okay, you've heard it here, it. folks. Yes, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yes. And of course, I mean, visiting my best friend yes. and um, just the beauty here. And also the art scene is amazing yeah. here. Um, Rochester is kind of trying and sort of getting into that, but Duluth theater and visual arts and music, music and all those things. Just fabulous. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. Rochester's, I've been very impressed the last few times I've been down to Rochester. It's we're trying. To be more of a food scene. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, we're getting lots. better restaurants,
0: yeah, really. I think they mm-hmm. have a kind of a built-in yeah. clientele for good restaurants.
2: They re- it's really, We're really getting some good restaurants and breweries and stuff there. So oh, we're very happy good. about <laughs> that. Yes.
0: Good. You're just missing <laughs> that fresh Lake Superior water. Uh,
2: yeah, you yeah. can't. There's no replacement for that. No.
0: <laughs> no. 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 Well, Meg, I just, uh, I can't thank you enough.
2: Oh, for thank you. Well
0: wonderful wonderful guest and uh enjoy your time here in Duluth Thanks. and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to uh talk to Kelly on some future podcast
2: oh I hope so and I'm gonna listen yes yes <laughs> well thank all you right. very much
0: all right thank you and to uh, all our listeners uh go buy some uh some of Meg's books and some of Kelly and Meg's books and uh read them then get more
1: all right <laughs> great thank
0: you very much <laughs>
1: That just about does it for this episode of For the Love of Duluth. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at For the Love of Duluth and subscribe to For the Love of Duluth wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for For the Love of Duluth. That way you will never miss an episode. We will see you next time.